welcome to Two Weird Didn't Watch, the show where we make fun of movies that we haven't seen based on nothing but their weird descriptions. I'm Brantley. And I'm Albert. And today we're talking about Ravenous from the last year of the 1990s. The ninth year. No, wait, what? I didn't say the last year of the millennium. Okay. 2000s is, that's not how that works, right? That's kind of how that works. We did not start with year zero for the, the original set. Right, but 1990 would have been in the 1990s. Yes. So that was from zero. Yes. I didn't say the last year of the millennium. <laughs> We're talking about Ravenous. During the Mexican-American War, Second Lieutenant John Boyd, who is fighting in the United States Army, find his, finds his courage failing him in battle and plays dead as his unit is massacred. His body, along with the other dead, is put in a cart and hauled behind Mexican lines. However, in a moment of bravery... Yeah, about that. Uh, You don't get a moment of bravery at that point. Hey, hey, listen. He seizes a chance to capture the Mexican command post. That's a a moment of opportunity. Well... He's not brave. It probably took some bravery. Listen. It's, I realize, he realized he's just been pulled behind enemy lines. He's not getting out of it if they find him. Okay, that's fair. Yes, I guess it's not brave. This is entirely self-serving. There's no other choice but to be an action hero at that point. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. I guess that's a fair criticism. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt and say, listen, he didn't do the right thing at first. People died because he didn't do the right thing. But... He did come around and get one over on his enemies, and let's, you know, let's be forgiving. No. That's my ethos. Okay. Well, he, he seizes the Mexican out, outpost. His heroism, I'm going to do air quotes, it's not an air quotes in there, but, you know, that's, that's the stink that lingers over this, mm-hmm. earns him a captain's promotion. But when General Slauson, great villain name, learns of his cowardice through which the victory was achieved he posts Boyd into exile at Fort Spencer a remote military outpost high in the Sierra Nevada commanded by the weary but genial Colonel Hart and staffed by a motley array of misfits this guy's just failing upwards and winning out and I don't like it I, you, you think this is failing upwards? Like he, this is a garbage command post Yes, but he's not going to get shot at now. Um, Mr. I will pretend to be dead and hide amongst the bodies of my friends and comrades who have been murdered around me. Well, this is like the Old West, so there's very much a chance that he could be, like, attacked by Indians and stuff. I mean, yes, but that could happen literally anywhere. Except for, like, the middle of New York or something. Well, and even then, depends on where you are, (laughs) how far back you go. Uh, So... Here's the uh, the motley array of misfits. Are you ready for our our jovial crew? Yeah, our uh, cast rundown. Yeah, we've got the pious private Toffler, the drug addicted private Cleves, the drunken. Uh, one could argue that drug like alcohol is a drug, but I mean, effectually is, but it's two different problems. Yes, the drunken Major Knox, and the ferocious private Reich. In addition to the Native American scout, George and his sister Martha. They, they're Native American, so they don't need any character traits. 
Yes, but they're surrounded by these not white people, so that makes that's how they stand out. Yeah. Shortly after Boyd joins the garrison, a frostbitten stranger named Colcorn, I think is how that's pronounced. Colcon? Colcoon? Colcoon? Calhoun? Maybe. There's a Q in there. Anyway, this guy arrives and describes how his wagon train became lost in the mountains, telling a hellish tale. A Colonel Ives had promised the party a shorter route to the Pacific Ocean, but instead had led them on a more circuitous circuitous route. I know the word, it's just hard to say. Resulting in the party getting trapped by snow for three months. Racked by starvation, Colcoon and his fellow travelers were reduced to cannibalism. And, he alleges, that Ives has resorted to murder. A rescue party is assembled to retrieve the survivors, but before they leave, they are warned by George of the Wendigo myth. Anyone who consumes the flesh of their enemies takes their strength, but becomes a demon cursed by insatiable hunger for more human flesh. That's, yep. that's the that's, Wendigo myth. Uh-huh. Uh, there's more to it. I've, I've, I just wanted to stop and say, wasn't there a movie that came out like was supposed to come out last year about Antlers. the Wendigo? Antlers? Did that ever make it to anything? Uh, I think it's on Netflix. Which oh, is have. that where it's at? Um, I think it came to, they had like a limited run because I think it was like early summer or was it in August of last year? I don't know. What of a slate to come out, I don't know. I was interested in seeing it at the time and it's kind of like past the interesting phase. But that was supposed to be about the Wendigo. Uh, there's a movie called The Ritual which... Says it has a Jotun in it, but the trailer is very Wendigo coded, in my opinion. I don't know what the Jotun is, so. Jotun is Frost Giants from Norse mythology. Oh! So, you know, I... Loki, his three kids, which is a dog, a lady, a snake, also Odin's horse. I really like the Wendigo as, like, a. You know, d- like. As a response, a very real response to a very real problem for people facing limited amounts of food. In that, like, you have this sort of moral imperative not to eat people, but there's dead people right next to you. Preserved by the snow. But preserved by the snow, you really sure do want to eat them. And here's this, like, myth sort of putting you on on guard like no 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 it's still not okay guys when the soldiers reach the party's cave Boyd and Reich investigate once inside they discover the bloody remains of five skeletons and realize that that was Colcoon who murdered everyone in his party after eating his five companions it is his plan now to kill and eat the soldiers Colcoon quickly kills George Toffler and Colonel Hart. And after a brief struggle, Reich. So that's like four people down right away? I mean, he does have the strength of five men now. Yeah. I guess six if you count his original strength. How does that work exactly? Uh, in the myth, uh, it's not just that he gets stronger, it's that the Wendigo grows as it eats, so it is always in a state of starvation. But its body physically increases in mass and size. So it's like when he eats things, they did it 100% like immediately goes into the body. Okay. That passing through the digestive tract, but that is still there and still wants food to go into it. 
Interesting. And they can be killed by fire. Well, I'm assuming that he doesn't look like a monster most <laughs> of the time. They don't have this, like, eight-foot-tall, like, <laughs> giant skeletal man who's just like, bad things happen, can I stay with you? <laughs> this other guy was definitely a monster. crazy. Maybe it's maybe they're doing like a little bit of a, a werewolf belt made out of like thing. four shirts tied together. Yeah. Um. So all those guys die. Boyd escapes the massacre by jumping off a cliff. Mister Runaway here. Yeah. But breaks his leg. Karma. He hides in a pit next to the body of Reich, whom he eventually eats to stay alive. He has learned nothing from the events of today. And the previous... Well, also, he keeps ending up next to, like, dead bodies. I think this is kind of a... You mentioned karma earlier, but, like, it's really, you know, his his old runaway habits coming back to him in that, you know, he now he's hiding and he's with the bodies, but he's really not gotten away from anything. Mm-hmm. And he's... I mean, that's how it was before. He hid amongst the body and then he got dragged back with the bodies and then just happened to look out and to, I took the place, yeah. Yeah. Well, and oh, so it, okay, I'm I'm doing a little like English majory thing here. I wasn't actually an English major, but I'm. I like, was. I have a degree. There's a metaphorical echo in that, where like his cowardice gives him strength over the enemy, but he is still deficient within himself. Right? Mm-hmm. There's still something that's lacking. Uh, still, th- let let's say metaphorically, still something that he hungers for as a man because he knows that he's a coward. And now he finds himself physically, you know, embodying that as the Wendigo. Pretty well written stuff, I think. We don't. I don't have a lot of complaints so far. The protagonist is unlikable. Oh well, that's true. But I mean that that that's doable. Like I say, protagonist, our point of view character, right? When Boyd finally limps back to the fort, he is delirious and severely traumatized, and returns to find that it has been reinforced by General Slauson and a detachment of cavalry. Cleves and Martha, who were on a supply mission and had not met Colquhoun, do not believe his wild tale, while the hungover Knox cannot recall and refuses to back Boyd up. Ah, your chickens are coming home to roost, man! A second expedition to the cave finds no bodies or any trace of Colcoon. He was probably out there for a while since he eventually ate the body. It probably wasn't just like, well, I'm hungry now. Well, yeah. My leg hurts. He's sitting there. It's freezing cold. I imagine like a uh, time lapse of a few days go by and he's just like staring at this dead body there. I mean, Stomach growling. I'm trying to think like hunger isn't really the issue in that case unless they show him having water because. I mean, you can eat snow. It takes. I guess that's that's a good point. Yeah, maybe he, he's and he can like start. He like his legs broken, but he can like presumably has like a fire starting kit, so he can melt the snow and warm it up and drink that, so he doesn't freeze from that immediately. You can go a decent while before you're like, I'm gonna eat a person hungry. Although uh, in the cold, maybe not. I know your body's burning a lot of calories to try to keep. He you could warm. have drunk the blood, and then we could have vampire versus Wendigo. They didn't say anything about the blood. That would be a very different, more schlocky movie, though. Yeah. It was already, like, borderline. But I would like to see that now. (laughs) Yeah. Also, it would be frozen after not too much longer. So, if we're in the cold. Yeah. A temporary commander is assigned to the fort, but to Boyd's horror, it is Colcoon, 
who has disguised himself as the murdered Colonel Ives. Or he might have been Colonel Ives this whole time. It's not clear which one is his true identity in parenthesis. So played by the same actor, I guess? Yeah, yeah. So this guy shows up and he's like, you know, I'm Colonel Ives, what's up? And he's like, it's him! It's him! And they're like, you really got crazy out there, didn't you? <laughs> the men still refuse to believe Boyd because Colcoon wears no signs of the wounds inflicted on him during the fight at the cave. Ooh, he's got Wendigo regeneration. Yes! Secretly, Colcoon tells Boyd that he used to suffer from tuberculosis. But when a native scout told him the Wendigo myth, and he just had to try, quote-unquote, by murdering him and eating his flesh, a process that cured his disease. Disclaimer, eating people will not cure tuberculosis. Please do not eat each other. I mean, Especially not, off, not right now with what's going on. That is not a cure for things. Do not eat your fellow man. Cocoon now plans to use the fort as a base to cannibalize passing travelers because, like the notion of Manifest Destiny... The migrants had a calling, just like himself. What? Okay, no, you're trying to be artsy, Mr. Description Writer. They have Manifest Destiny, but he has a calling in himself similar to that. You're equating the wrong thing to the wrong people. Well, I mean, it's debatable whether they had Manifest Destiny. I mean, that was just the rallying guy of, like, we want it. Yes, So I'm we saying, should have it. I, I, I don't agree Americans. that God gave... That, I mean, up, God allowed things to happen in a certain way, but I, I'm not on board with the, like, it, it happened because God, like, demanded that it happen that way. I'm not much of a Calvinist, I guess. <laughs> Boyd is soon suspected of murder after Cleves is mysteriously killed. While chained up, he watches helplessly as Knox is murdered by Colquhoun's unexpected ally... Colonel Hart, back from the dead after the massacre. How? Oh, Colcoon had saved Hart by feeding him his own men in order to gain his assistance. But like Colcoon, he is now hopelessly addicted to human flesh. Colcoon mortally, mortally wounds Boyd, forcing him to make a choice: eat or die. You've already done it. Yeah. What? Do you, what? Do you, did I miss something? Boyd escapes. I'm right? assuming he didn't tell them that he ate a person to survive. Otherwise, they probably would have locked him up a lot sooner. Right. But I will point out, so Boyd has taken part in cannibalism already. Yes. According to this. He is not, so far as we know, showed any ravenous need. Yeah, he doesn't seem to have the addiction quality that it apparently has. Yeah, and we didn't see him get super strong Also, either. his thing here was that he ate to survive, whereas they... The first one just kind of ate to, like, maybe this will cure my tuberculosis. I gotta try it, and then he got addicted. And the other one was force-fed it. So you're saying that maybe they didn't eat enough, like, he didn't eat enough to actually It's, just, it's interesting that there is a different motivation for the eating, whereas, like, the first one chose to eat because maybe it'll help me. Who knows? I'll just kill this guy and eat him. What? Main character just had a body there. It's already dead. He's going to die if he doesn't. So he, following the myth, gives into cannibalism that way. And the other one was just kind of fed it, and we don't know how aggressively he was fed. I will say, in addition to Boyd being unlikable, I will point <laughs> out also that he breaks one of the major fiction rules that, if you're a writer, you should maybe think about this. Your character needs to have something they're trying to get done 
uh, like a goal that they're they're working towards. He and... might have like some kind of like try to redeem his cowardice there. Well, no, but it needs to be concrete. Like yeah. generally, I need to get from point A to point B, or I need to retrieve the MacGuffin. Yeah, he, he has no character mission statement. Yeah, there's nothing that he's like. He's a piece of driftwood in this movie, being like bounced around by the winds of fate. And I understand that that is sort of his mission statement as a coward, as someone who's just played dead for the whole mm-hmm. thing. But like, uh, up above and beyond being unlikable, I think this is actually probably what is a failure about this story for me, is that Boyd doesn't, like, he's not going anywhere. Like, he's not being like a trickster to try to survive. He's not, he's just kind of he literally falling is, into survival. Yeah, he's passive. Yeah. Eventually, Boyd gives in and eats a stew made from Knox. However, rather than join the two men in their conspiracy to convert General Slauson, Boyd convinces Hart to free him so he can kill Cocoon. Okay, finally he does something. So, the Wendigo gains the strength of the people he eats. Right. Is that, like, divided amongst the different Wendigos, or do they all 100% get the strength? Because they need the whole body. Is it, like, Um, a spiritual strength? Because, again, we're not assuming that he's getting more and more jacked by the more people he eats. He's not hulking out. I would say it's divided, but you don't have to eat the entire body. Okay. It's like, if you eat intentionally, like, a full meal of somebody, and nobody else eats on them, then you get their full strength. So if you, like, lose a hand... When you chop up the body and another window comes by and eats that, do you suddenly get like weakened? I think we're like, getting too sciencey with this. <laughs> Explain to me the science of your Wendigo movie. I, I, I that kind of ruins it. Anyway, so he eats Knox stew. I like man, like Colcoon has this like really impressive plan I gotta say where he's gonna convert the general, mm-hmm. you know, and you gotta imagine like the next the general. And then the president or whatever. It's like a country run by super cannibals. Yeah, are we going to have, like, Wendigo Nation? If, if uh, what's-his-face gets his way? I forget what his name is. Anyway. Colcoon. Colcoon, yes. So, Hart does uh, release him, but also asks to be killed because he no, wants to, wants, no longer wants to live as a cannibal. Boyd agrees, agrees to this. And then I guess he does. Doesn't say that. Uh, Boyd and Colcoon fight, inflicting grievous wounds on each other as their recuperative powers sustain them. They do have uh, Wendigo regeneration. Yeah. Also, this is the most active he's ever been all movie. Yeah, he's actually trying to do something. He's like, look, look, this is I just this is not sustainable. Maybe he's just scared of having to like constantly hunt people to eat them. And he's like, I'm just gonna fight this one dude. And maybe I'll win. Yeah. Well, that was I, I like that Hart was like, can I? I just want to die. Like, this is bad. I've done bad. I don't... This is the only thing that I can, like, think that might bring me some kind of, like, sense of redemption is if I'm just not here anymore to have to eat people. Which would suck. That would be a really bad curse. Um... Boyd Boy, We fight. already did that. Yeah, okay. Eventually, Boyd forces Colcoon into a large bear trap that pins them both together. Clacoon taunts Boyd by telling him that he will eat him, but soon dies. Soon dies. Excuse me. My voice goes at the end of that sentence. General Slauson returns, and while his aide, 
looks around the dilapidated fort, the general tastes the new meat stew left simmering on the fire. Martha sees the deceased Calcoon and the dying Boyd together, closes the door, and walks away. Boyd does not eat Calcoon and dies. The end. Hmm. I hope this movie's good. I don't feel that it is. It probably isn't. It's a very interesting story, though. Yeah. I they're really trying. I think this would work a lot better as a short story, like a little more, like expanded from this than as a full movie. Because I think as a movie, I will lose interest in these characters. Well, the idea of this as a curse that you're addicted to human flesh, like an addiction, is is a pretty bad thing to have to deal with. I'm. You know, Which I wonder if there's any parallels to the alcoholic and the man who was drug addicted from earlier on. Oh, that's a good point. Do like, you think that Boyd was kind quickly. of a jerk to them about, like, why don't you just give it up or whatever? Although he never has to deal with the addiction too much. Like, it's not a problem for him, so yeah, it wouldn't which really be an arc. Is again, interesting that the coward, the one with the less moral fiber, in quotes, is the one who doesn't seemingly immediately become addicted to eating people like for Calcoon it's a power trip I understand that but the uh, heart who I don't remember what his character traits were um, but he quickly becomes addicted as well let me go up to the beginning here and find out what did we uh, say about heart oh he's the weary but genial commander so yeah he's the leader and he I mean he is exhausted and that probably makes him feel stronger like you more youthful but it is sort of a weird... Uh, it's odd that Boyd is... He's immune to it several times. Yeah. Like, he eats... Which, again, it goes back to, like... Reich. The first time he eats is out of desperation, whereas the other two... We don't know the exact circumstances for Hark. He might have been, like, eat it or you'll die. Right. But it's only after he... Cal, Cal, uh, Boyd st- does that as well that he starts getting power. Because he, you know, limps back with a broken leg, but it doesn't say that it healed or anything. I like what this movie is going for and it's not like the obvious sort of this is just trash that we normally end up with where like (laughs) we could have done this so much better there's like a ton of really solid ideas in here and it's cool the way they're approaching them It, it does feel a little weak in that they have this unlikable unactive main character mm-hmm who is nevertheless immune from the disease seemingly just because he is the main character. Yeah, that's always a problem. And that's a big weakness. But that's it. That's all I have to say about uh, Ravenous. Yeah. That's all we have for today, folks. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, tell a friend. Listen for the next one. We'll see you guys around. Bye, guys. Bye.